Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're uncertain about what you really want or unsure how to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we raise our vibration, we heighten the collective consciousness, and that, my friends, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, joyful journeyers. Nita Adams here, your host, and I'm so excited to bring an interview with my friend, Winston Young. Hey, Winston, how's it going? Doing great, Anita. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again for being a part of this. So Joyful Journeyers, let me tell you a little bit more about Winston. Winston is the founder of a really cool organization called Voice Story, an initiative that was designed to tackle the issue of social isolation that is prevalent in today's society, which is caused by things like working remotely, our addiction to mobile devices, and all the time we're spending on social media and that lack of spaces which promotes deeper connection and conversations. And of course, COVID-19 has not helped any. It's in fact intensified that sense of social isolation. When I learned Winston's personal story that led him to start Voice Story, I was intrigued and understood that Winston was someone who needed to be on the Joyful Journey podcast. He is someone who has learned how to tap into his own inner wisdom and listen to it, which guided him out of the dark and into the light. And now he's helping so many other people do the same. And I believe his story is going to resonate with many of you today. So I'm grateful for you to be here with us, Winston. Thank you again for making time for this. And let's dive in. So when I, I was doing a little bit more research on you and I found um, something you wrote, uh, it was on LinkedIn. And I just want to I want to start there because I, I thought this was, it really captured my interest. Uh, you said, I was a prisoner to the dysfunctional stories I created, lost in the land of illusion of my own design. It took many years, but eventually I walked out of my prison and am now living a life aligned with spirit, body, and mind. Wow, you pack a lot of punch into those two sentences. And you know what, I believe that there are a lot of people that have been there or are currently in that position, a prisoner of dysfunctional stories that that they've created, that we've created, Mm -hmm. lost in an illusion. So I I want you to talk a little bit about that. I want first, there's two things. I want to know what what are the stories that you told yourself that kept you feeling like a prisoner, if you're willing to share. And I think perhaps the more important question is, what happened to break you free? <laughs> uh, I hope we have enough time to, <laughs> to, to cover all of that. Uh, when it, I was very unaware of, uh, I, I call it the conditioning that was placed upon me. And many people, I would say the majority of the population on the planet are not aware of that because we're, we're just raised and we quote, we are the way we are and we never question it. So I grew up in a culture where men don't uh, express, men don't uh, 
share their feelings. They don't show your emotions. You have to figure it out. If you don't figure it out, then uh, I was always told like, well, are you, are you a man or not? So that, as you can probably see, sets up some certain re really weird ideas about how I'm supposed to act around this. Uh, every time I would show some accomplishments because my parents were born from a generation where you, you're not you're supposed to be humble. You're not supposed to praise anybody. You never got any acknowledgement. So everything that I did to get acknowledgement just compounded on the fact that I never got it. So whatever I did was never good enough. So I had to do better. Now, from the work I've done with people, I can see how that can go two ways. One, it just turns you into someone that goes, I'm not good enough, and you hide from the world. Or you do what I did where I hypercompensated and proved to the world that I belong, that I am somebody. So I went from this person that was told you're, you're not good enough. No matter how hard you work, you can always do better. And you, you can't tell anyone about how you're feeling. So you just have to do this with a, and present to the world that everything's A-OK. -okay. And that just led me down a path of, uh, it, it, it was unattainable for one. And it led me down a path where I suppressed almost all emotion. And I'm just walking around like a zombie. Mm. Uh, the story that I tell all the time, uh, when I was a kid, I got 100% on a math test, ran home with the paper, uh, I showed it to my mom. And she looked at it and she just goes, um, you could have done better. I'm like, I don't understand. I got a perfect mark and she goes you missed the bonus question who else got the bonus question right and that's that's when I knew I had to go I had to go do something better to get the attention the acknowledgement the love from from my parents and these were the stories that started forming so without any type of intervention from uh, someone else I started formulating stories that I'm not good enough. No matter what I did isn't good enough. No one wants me if mm. no one wants me unless I give them something worthy of their acknowledgement. So love became transactional. Mm. I can't get love if I don't present something, but everything I present isn't good enough. So I never get the love. So I have to create something better. And that is uh, an impossible task. Like you, so you just keep striving higher and higher and higher, but inside you or inside me was the story that no matter what I did, even upon presentation, the whisper is, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. You could do better. Then that activates OCD, that activates perfectionism, that mm -hmm. activates all these other behaviors, which now, again, now that it just it starts dogpiling, so imagine sitting there going, uh, the other story I tell at the beginning is, oh, I see an attractive female I want to engage with. And in seconds, the internal dialogue just, it, it doesn't tear, like stop me. It literally tore me apart where it's like, who do you think you are? You're going to go do this? Are you crazy? And then because I have such a visual mindset, 
I could see like thousands of scenarios just unfold and my internal self-worth just gets uh, torn apart to a point where not only do I not engage, I want to leave because I'm just hurting so bad from, from myself. No one did anything. No one heard anything. No, I never said anything. It all happened inside. And that's the power of that's the power of the stories that we create from the traumas that we experience. That's, the that's how it all started. And uh, that's, and I didn't understand it was a prison. It's like, yeah. it's a, it's a prison. It's the, the prison guards. It's the, it's an entire structure and it's so perfect Yeah. because we created it every moment of every day that we live. We are, perf- we're not aware that we're perfecting this cell that we're in. It's protection, uh, isn't it? We want to protect ourselves. But what are we protecting ourselves from? Rejection, that fear of maybe humiliation, um, confirmation that we're not enough. You know, right. I feel like your story is so relatable that we're, I've been in that, that spot where countless times I feel like I'm finally you know age 52 (laughs) you know I'm I'm breaking through my prison but I've been there Mm -hmm. I've been there I've I've stopped myself from moving forward with things because of this belief that I'm not enough that I'm not strong enough smart enough that was my Achilles heel I'm Mm -hmm. not smart enough I believe everyone goes through that Uh, so it's the guilt and shame uh, so it's self-worth, low self-worth, low self-esteem, um, not understanding how to embrace and, how would I put it, embrace and process these, these dark emotions. I don't want to say negative. They're just dark emotions because we're, we're never taught how to. So we're constantly seeking pleasurable emotions. And then when these dark emotions come up, we go, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't like how this feels. And, and then that's where alcohol and substances to numb out or to escape yeah. uh, from this. And what I didn't understand is you can't, you, you can't outrun it. Uh, it'll build up and eventually you're going to have to face it. Um, if I never did the work to understand how to do that, I'd still be running. And to be honest, uh, the, the turning point was uh, an all night, it was an all night bender, May 3rd, pretty sure it's May 3rd, 2013, wow. which was a, a Friday, Friday morning, I went home and I, and that was uh, a bender that started on Wednesday. Wow. Wednesday. So, I, so I got home, uh, looked at myself in the mirror and a little voice inside my head whispered, I don't want to die. Hmm. And, and that was, and that was it. Like the fear of death is a a serious motivator. And it was, if you continue this lifestyle, you're going to be dead within five years. It's not a, if it's just a when, because the body can't, um, can't sustain uh, so much um, abuse, but the level of abuse uh, was directly correlated by how much pain it was in. 
What do you think that voice was? And uh, that that was a lot of the work that I had to do. Uh, so it was like, who, who's speaking? Like, who, who's speaking to me? Is this my voice? When it, when I heard the, I don't want to die. I realized at that moment that it wasn't me because I didn't say, I didn't say it. Did I think it? And then I, I didn't dive into it at that point. But as I started doing the work and walking down my path to heal, I realized, you know, I started engaging with this. I'm like, well, there's, there's multiple voices, but this one was different because it was very faint and I felt it differently. So it wasn't the our inner critic that sits there and just talks crap about you all the time. It's not the, the Bash Brothers guilt and shame. <laughs> like that, like that, that, that's a, those, are, those are all different voices. This one was, was unique. And that's when I started really listening and following it. And over time, I realized that it actually wasn't just a voice. As I started listening very closely, it, it, it was a voice and then it would start splitting and then there were actually more than one voice there. And then I started, I started paying attention. Okay, there's, there's two voices, but they speak slightly differently. I could only hear one, now I could hear two. And then as I kept doing the work, well, there's, there's a third one, there's a fourth one. Um, inside me right now, there's seven separate voices, facets of who I am. And each one of them have their own way of speaking. One little Winston, he sits here. He speaks to me. I have a, I have an artist. He speaks in uh, images. I have uh, my my champion. I call him Spaceman Spiff. He, if he's the, it's like balls out. <laughs> like he, he's like a little little mini Han Solo, where anything is possible. And what are you waiting for? Have my shadow. Can't get rid of the shadow. Got the ego. All these, all these pieces, they all sit there and they all speak. And uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of uh, insight as to, to where, where I believe I, I want to get everything to be. So where life is, uh, my analogy is a road trip and you have your vehicle. And now I have myself and seven passengers, seven facets of myself. The goal isn't to say which one is wrong or right or who's going to drive the car. It's to have harmony between everyone in the car to say, hey, we're going to get to that point. Can we just all agree on the music we're going to play and the route we're going to take? And, we, you know, just, just, let's just be harmonious and get there. And then we can then change the music or have a snack or whatever. But there's a lot less noise, a lot less conflicts on the way there. And that's, that's the work in my opinion, to, to have a different experience. Mm. I'm so fascinated by this story and this idea of these different personas um, that you, that you turn, tune into. Um, I often think, I, 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 I've only, for me, I've only identified um, two voices. 
um, that speak to me. Um, one is that inner critic that is telling me I'm not enough, that I can't do things. And then the other one is um, the inner wisdom. That's that's my definition, the inner wisdom. To me, that's, um, that's spirit. That's God talking through my heart, my soul. And I've learned to differentiate between the two because one comes from fear, the ego, that inner critic. And I, I believe often it's trying to protect me that because it's, it's frightened of that, that big vision or whatever it is that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling called to do. And the other one is always comes from a place of love. Always. Do you find your seven different personas that you that you tune into are they always coming from a place of love for you no they're not no they come from all all different angles um if i'm if i'm working with someone i tell them flat out it's uh you're 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 not just speaking to me you're speaking to multiple pieces of me it's that i call it like the board (laughs) They're, they're all sitting here and they're all paying attention and they all pick up on different things. Hmm. I'm speaking to you that my artist is over here. It's like almost like a picture in picture and he's throwing up magical paint and visions happen. And I see it in real time. So as I'm describing stuff to you, he's constantly painting and I'm, I'm seeing stuff happen literally behind you. Uh, I have the ego uh, and the shadow sitting there saying, uh, what I tell people is I hear what you're saying, but I also hear what you're not saying. And those two guys are usually the ones that go, Hey, did you pick up on that? They skipped, they skipped over that. They're not mm. telling you something. And they pick up on that very, very quickly. Uh, you know, little Winston is uh, one half of spirit. And I have the operator that operates the meat suit and uh, they, you know, they all pick up on, Things. So I have the ability to tap into the spectrum of love to fear. We'll call it fear. I don't have a better term for it. So now I have access to the spectrum of it. And to go and work with someone, to work with myself and understand the whole story, it's not just to say, oh, we have to come from a place of love. No, we actually have to go and embrace our shadow too. We have to go and turn around and go to our shadow, which we've been usually avoiding, and to say, I see you. I'm not scared of you. I don't hate you. You are me, and I'm part of you, and embrace it and integrate that part. Because without the shadow, you're not whole. You're just one half of you. You gotta. Okay. I, I'm so jumping to, to get onto that. <laughs> um, yes. And isn't that coming from a place of love, though? embracing your darkness the dark side i think i, we, I agree 100 we all have these different facets is, and we all have some darkness in us and experience some darkness and to embrace it and acknowledge it and to examine it one you have to have a i think you have to have a, a fair amount of self-love to be able to do that and you have to come at it from a loving place i I would choose to say you have to come from a place of compassion. But that's love. It, uh, I, I put love at a farther end of the spectrum. Like Compassion okay. is to be 
like I can find, I, I actually consider coming from a place of too much love to actually be smothering. Like, like to like at the far, far mm-hmm. end was like, I'm all loving. Like I actually find <laughs> all loving people actually like, like uh, you're way too much because there's, it, it's not, it's not real. Hmm. Uh, but to be compassionate, to go and look at something or someone with, with, with curiosity and empathy and understanding that's different it's like i it's like i don't agree with you i don't like you but i love to understand you so i can understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when i understand you it's like oh you know i never thought about that and then when there's connection things can things can happen but to say i don't agree with you you know hey i love you you're really cool i don't agree with you but you know that energy is Mm. like the, the other person goes no you're not real you're just you're, yeah i, I yeah. hear what you're saying yeah, it's it's just it's a different vibe so yeah. i'm i'm looking at from a point of or from a space of of uh compassion understanding and when i teach students uh, the example that i use all the time which they relate to right away is how many of you walk by a homeless person on the street you know put up their hand mm. How many of you have chosen to engage the person on the street? And then you can just I can feel like the anxiety that no one wants to answer. I'm like, there's no, there's no shame in it where society has conditioned us to act a certain way. So today's exercise is we're going to go out. We're going to engage with, we're just going to go engage with them. We're going to offer them a coffee and you're going to ask them and ask to tell you a story and have a conversation. And then when we debrief, they are all just amazed. Like, oh, I never knew that they're just people. Mm-hmm. Part uh, and the part that I asked in the process is, what's worse than being homeless? What's worse than being lonely? And then I let them go. In my opinion, and my viewpoint, I should say. At first, I thought the worst thing you could be in life is lonely or alone. And I held that position a lot because I said, you know, if you had someone, then, uh, then if you're hungry, you can share a piece of bread. If you're sad, you have, you, know, you have someone else there. It doesn't matter how much money you have if you're alone. You just don't have anyone around you. So I said lonely. And it wasn't until it was a winter, I walked by uh, uh, this lady who was sitting on the street and she said i'm so cold mm. and i stopped and i said look i don't have any money to give you but i'd be happy to buy you something hot to eat uh, some coffee soup and anything to warm you up and her reply was thank you but uh, i have all that just thank you for stopping and seeing me mm. and seeing me yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> then i re- then i just got punched in the head almost by mm. i realized She'd rather be seen than to be warm. Mm. And I go, the worst thing I go, so that's being invisible. Yeah. And how many people feel invisible? So, so to look at it from, so that shifted my, my perspective. So it's like loving, loving and giving. I want to give and help you. But to go and now shift, it's like, I see you. How can I help you? 
that, that changes the perspective from here down to, down to here and how those words, how the energy that gets put behind it, how you act towards that person shifts. Mm-hmm. That's why I choose to say you have to come from a place of compassion. Uh, it is, you know, it's, it's in, the, in the spectrum of love, but, but to say that you have to be loving to me, it, it, I could, it, it kind of, I could feel that the, my skin kind of crawls like, yeah, but mm. <laughs> um, because it, by being compassionate, you also take into the fact that there, there is ugliness and darkness and fear and pain. Mm-hmm. And often I find people that choose to operate only from a place of love, disregard that. I was like, I was like you know what, that's, just, it's like, that's okay or dismiss it it's like that's okay you, you'll get better it's like oh thanks we're just saying i understand your pain and that's where when i did the work to myself i had to look at myself and someone you know the famous question if you can go back and talk to a 20 year old version of yourself what would you say i finally got to that point where i said hey winston i see you and i, I and i and i understand you're in a lot of pain Awesome. I was going to grab that. Um, I see you like we need to, we need to have that conversation with ourselves and say, I see you. Yeah. No, you're in a lot of pain. I get it. You're in a lot of pain and you have no one to talk to. You you believe that no one understands. And, and then when, when you, when you add those ingredients into the store in that, that dysfunctional story matrix, like no one understands, no one gets me. I can't connect with anyone. So you create this persona, this mask, and people start, start engaging with the mask and liking the mask. That really starts messing with you now. It's like, well, people, people like this. I have to be like this. I can't be me. And then now you just become totally disconnected with yourself because you believe that no one wants to be with who you are. They want to be with who this is. So you have to keep putting on this act in order to get the attention and the engagement that you've always wanted, totally understanding that that's not you. Yeah. Uh, and the more I did that, the more and more disconnected I became. So it's all, you know, I'd say, it's like taking little Winston and say, uh, you wait right here, I'll be back. And then you, you just keep walking and totally forget because you got distracted uh, as to how to get back there. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Again, very relatable. Um, trying to live up to expectations of society too, I think is, you know, is a, a big pressure on a lot of us. Uh, and so we feel we have to be a certain way and we, bu- we buy into it. And I believe we lose sight of in the process, I believe we lose sight in what we really want and who we really are. And that, mm-hmm. that, that happened with me. Um, and it just about ruined my marriage. So, you know, fortunately I, I figured it out. Well, will get into that story right now, another time perhaps, <laughs> but it's, uh, it took a lot of courage to look in at myself, to yeah. really look, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of time and um, a commitment to understand who I am, what I want, 
and why it matters. And I think those are the three important questions that we always have to ask ourselves. Who am well, I? What do I want? Why does it matter? Well, I will pose, I will pose a question to your listeners that my guide feather posed to me. I shared a story about what I wanted. I don't remember the exact story, but her reply was, um, why, why do you want, like, why do you want it? What is over there that you want so bad that, that you want so bad? What, what is it? <laughs> I go, what do I want? Why do I want it so bad? And I, I was at a loss because and then the, as I'm processing that, I'm, I'm very much stuck in my head, right? So the want is here, but the true want is down here. And I, it took me a while with her guidance to understand that. It's like, what is it you want? It's like, what is it that you want? And why do you want it so bad? And my, from where I come from, if the want is from my mind, that's a, that's an ego stroke. Yeah. But if the want, if I really start paring it down and peeling away and looking at no, the want, and then all of a sudden I just start this resonance I feel from inside of me, I go, okay, that's a true want. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, a desire, a need, or something to, to take me to the next level or something that I'm meant to to learn from and to grow from versus just a ego stroke an ego stroke a thing or something cool or a material thing like i can manifest material stuff all the time i've I've proven it to myself and it's it's just stuff and then at the end it's like yeah yeah that was fun what didn't really meet up to what i thought it would be and then uh, i mean drop it off you go but if you can tune into uh like a, a, a soul level want and you experience that it uh those are hard to shake yeah that's awesome and winston i want to i want to stop you there because i want to dive into that what is that process for you how do you peel back the layers and really get to what it is you want and decipher between the, the what the ego wants and what what your heart is calling for you to you're it's uh i call it onion theory or <laughs> onion practice there's there there are you know go back the layers yeah they're, they're all different iterations of it yeah. but simply put you can do, do it by yourself with a piece of you know with a pad or i actually find it a lot better if you do it with someone the reason is um, when you do it by yourself you know, the, your, the dysfunctional stories and your ego and all that can prevent you from writing down what you really want to write down. But if, so, if you have to say it to someone and you feel the resistance, then you can, you go, oh, okay, I, that, that's resistance. So the process is you write down uh, why, you know, what is it you want uh, or just whatever the statement is. Like, I, I, I want to go to Cancun, for example. And then you ask yourself why, and you have to write down 10, 10 answers. And you take those 10 answers, you throw and you throw it away. And then you ask, then you have to write 10 more. And all the answers have to be different from the previous one. And as you, and you, and you keep going until you feel, and you will feel 
uh, for me, it's like this, this bubble that comes up that, that doesn't want to share what it is. And then that's when you know you're getting really close to the truth. And when you are able to punch through that, when you finally start feeling the resistance, you know you're getting closer to the true reason as to why you want what that is. And when you can get to the truth of that, um, you'd be, I can't say for everyone. For me, I actually find how simple that request is, but it's masked in so much guilt and shame from, from the trauma that it's almost like this little boy and all he wants like, was, I, I, I just want to go play on the beach. That's all I want to do. I just want to play on the beach. But there's so much guilt and shame from conditioning wrapped around that, that it's like, no, I want to go to, I want to go to Cancun so I can go and snorkel and party and play beach volleyball and all this stuff. It's like, no, the, the, the root answer is all, all it wants to do. It's just to go and walk on the beach and play in the water. It, you, like you can see how this is the want and this is the story that we made up to wrap all these layers mm-hmm. around this very simple request, want that we want had it like as a child. But then we were told you can't have it. You can't have it. You're not, uh, you, until you pass through the grade, you can't have it. You can't do it. You're not good enough. We don't like whatever it is. It's just layers upon layers. So now we have this grandiose want for a very simple request. And when we can get down to that level, we can say, I can say, wow, what, and this is when curiosity kicks in. What else do I want? That's, that's, that's simple. Like, uh, I want to go have an ice cream cone. Oh, I got to go, I'll go out and just get trashed and then order ice cream for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I truly wanted. And when you can, when you can start, and it's scary work. I'm not saying it's simple at all because uh, you might find yourself and think that this is it. And then it, you can actually keep going further and further down until you feel that, feel it when you can access that want, like whatever that mm-hmm. desire is, it's free yeah. because it's, it's, it's true. And that's what I had to go through. And is that something that you, you practice constantly? Like it's not like a one and done. It's like a continuous journey of tapping in to, and trying to figure out what it is that you want. I, I, I wish I could say I was this, uh, had a perfect track record, but I'd probably say I, I, I'm successful at this point, 30% of the time. I'm not even going to make it up that I don't, I constantly fall back into the conditioning it because I didn't understand how strong the conditioning is where we've been facing the conditioning our entire lives. So for us to go up and I've, I've, I've done the work and the conditioning for me is this big ass brutal guard that wants to, that is preventing you from getting the other side. So you walk up and it just literally, just imagine King Kong just sitting there just swatting you. (laughs) And it hurts yeah. and it, it wants you to want you to submit and wants you to conform. And, and then you go back up and you try again and, and it right. you know, smashes you. You have to continually pick yourself up. It's like, why do I want this? Right. I want, I want to get to the other side. I want to get to the other side. And when you do, it's rewarding. 
but yeah, you know that there's there's greatness there right there's greatness within you and that that those little voices that you hear those personalities that are saying that to you winston you're you're awesome and they want you to to push past that prison right but the guard just comes back say who the hell do you think you are smash go back there and then it kicks you back in and then or it picks you up and starts beating it's like do you want to go there who do you think you are starts beat we start beating on ourselves yeah totally we're we're the we're that guard Uh, but as you as you get past once and and the key is once you get past once you know it's possible and that's all you need to know that it's possible because i did it once i can do it again second time you might be even more punishing but then you have that internal belief that you go i've done it i've done it once i know it's possible I can do it again. And then when you do it again, that the power that the guard has diminishes. doesn't mean that it's any easier. It just means that now that you've done it a few times, you know that it's possible. And then you have the perseverance to continue. It gives you the confidence that you can, you've done it before. It's like you've learned that you can do it. So you, by learning, you can then go and do it again. And it does, I think it does get a little easier I think it, it does. Like you can say, okay, the first 10 steps to sneak past, to yeah. sneak past it. It's like playing a video game. It's like you, you get the, you get the motions down and then you can bypass most of the, yeah. the first steps because they're always the same. It's the latter steps. Um, as you get closer and closer, it gets, um, it gets more subtle and devious because they go, Oh, uh, Winston's coming again. Here, here we go. Hmm. and what it's uh what little what movies gonna is he gonna try this time and that's and that's the work to start undoing the conditioning and mm-hmm. when we i don't know if we can ever truly undo all of it but if you undo an, it to a to a low enough point then you can just buy you can bypass it but it is still always be there yeah i think you're right i think it, it still will always be there um i think also it's a big key is recognizing what is happening. You know, like if I can identify that, oh yeah, that's just my fear, fear, fear of failure, fear of humiliation or rejection or whatever it is. Like I've been here before and the way through it is just to keep pushing myself keep on this track and and believe in myself and for so my process Winston is I do I go for walks in the forest and I have these conversations with God the universe and and put it out there and I basically I'm talking to myself and convincing myself that yes I can do this I can do this and that really helps me um, take the the next step you know like just for this podcast for instance it's taken me a year to actually do it because it was I was initially really afraid to put myself out there and talk about things like God and the universe and um, my my Achilles heel of feeling like I'm not smart enough like that's those are hard things for me to talk about yet I knew these this is was mine to do and I needed to find the confidence in the the courage mm. to to do it. It took me a year, <laughs> a year, um, and here we are. So, and it's this is part of my journey, and it's I like to call it the joyful journey because the the, the step every step I take 
is getting me closer to experiencing more and more joy. And I, I feel like I am living a really joyful life. It's because I'm taking action towards conquering my fears or addressing my fears. And, and I like the word you use, the phrase you use, embracing the dark. I think we do have to embrace it. We all have it. We have to face it and embrace it and so try to understand the, it. The embracing part, the story that, I, uh, that goes behind it. So it was that day I said I didn't want to die. And my lifestyle was, you know, people say it's like, uh, you're, you're, it's like you're going down in flames uh, with the plane type thing. And yeah, I, I was, it was like a meteor coming, coming down. I was, I was, I was escaping so hard that uh, that's all, that's all I wanted to do. Cause I, I didn't just like, I knew the monsters were coming, not understanding that. Uh, what I'm being shown is it's like, it's like that it's like that dog that's chasing you thinking that it's going to eat you when all the dog wants to do is like hey I just want to say hi <laughs> right? but, but we're just like oh my god this dog's chasing after me we're running we're running we're running to a point where if we're running for so long we don't even know why we're running anymore we just know that we have to keep running mm. and when I finally and it, it took years to go from that point of I don't want to die to getting my, my my mind, body, and spirit healthy. So it started with getting the body healthy. And then as the body started getting healthy, and then I started drinking the substances, then the then the the soul, the spirit could heal because it's just not being um, poisoned all the time. The body's not being poisoned, and I can I can start healing that. And when that started healing, all, all these other things I didn't even know about started happening where I, I started, I got to feel. And as weird as that may sound to people, I've only been able to feel a full range of emotions uh, three years ago. Hmm. So prior to that, I had a very stunted emotional range. So that started happening. And then when that started happening, I, I realized like, there are things I've been missing out on and that's that the land of illusion I talk about when you're operating with diminished capacities and filters all over the place that we created what we're taking in is not what's actually happening out there it's all we get to see and experience and feel been missing out uh, so so when the filters start coming down and the stories start going away and the spirits start healing that's when the i call it the, the signal to noise ratio that's when the the whispers start getting louder and the noise starts going down and it's like hey i can i can hear you oh you you want me to yeah i always say uh oh turn left instead of right why okay you know what you said turn left i turn left and then it's like oh i missed all that traffic over there mm -hmm. thank thanks for the tip I'm sure many of you experience that, <laughs> like just like simple little nudges. But where did the nudge come from? Uh, and if you follow the nudges, and again, people, your listeners might have had what I described like the perfect day, you know, like I would call it the perfect day where everything just unfolded beautifully. When you're happy and things are happening, 
and you follow the guidance and say, do this, do this, do this. It just, it just, the momentum just builds. And then at the end of the day, it's like, wow, that was like the best day ever. That's because you, you just, you're following the guidance. Uh, your, your soul, your heart just goes, let's do this, let's do this. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. And away you go. And it's supposed to be that easy. We're taught that it's not supposed to be that easy. I go, when it is that easy, I'm like, why don't I live like this all the time? And it, I'm not going to say it is difficult. I'm still working on getting to that state where I, uh, I'm following the guidance more than I'm following my, <laughs> myself. Yeah. Trusting, getting to that place that we trust it and listen to it all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, follow the nudges. I might steal that. Follow the nudges. I love that a lot. Um, I want to ask you, how do you define spirit? What is that? Uh, spirit, for me, I define it as, you, you watch Men in Black? Yeah. Okay, you know that, that scene where the, the, the little alien is inside the head operating the, the, the robot? So spirit is the operator and spirit... Op- resides in this meat suit and <laughs> and and makes so spirit it spirit soul is what's in the meat suit so it's, it's living in here yeah um and that's how that's how i visualize it so it's uh it it makes everything work and it's experiencing everything through, you know, it's, it's inside you. So it can't actually experience what's going on. It's, it, it's interpreting everything through our eyes or senses and everything. And then all of the other facets are guiding it. All the other facets are guiding it. What are the other facets? You know, little instant soul, ah. spirit, all the other voices are actually going, if you want to go, uh, I, I tried to explain this to a, a younger class so it made sense. I go, okay, you, you, you've seen people in spaceships, so they get, you know, the communication <laughs> systems where they don't know who's talking to them, but they hear stuff. And they go, yeah, just like that. It's like, you're by yourself. You're in the space. It's like, oh, hey, like, you know, hey, Winston, how you doing? You don't know what, like, you, you think that's, you know, someone back at the, the base station radioing in. Okay. Why, why, why do you listen to that? Why is the pilot listening to that? Why are they listening to whatever's coming in? They can choose to tune into it or not. So again, so where are these voices coming from? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I say, so all these voices that I have now clearly identified, and I'm sure there are more, help guide spirit mm. forward. Mm. It's really interesting. That's really, uh, I'm fascinated, uh, fascinated by you and um, your stories and, and your definitions. And I feel like I've picked up some really great uh, insights and things that I want to try as well. I'm, I like to think of spirit as my highest self as well. You know, it's uh, learning how to listen to that highest self. I, I believe that if the world learned how to tap into and listen to that highest self oh my god we'd be in such a better place how i i've had similar conversation with feather and it took me a while to to wrap my brain around this one where she said i am you and you are me 
and we are the same thing. I all of that. us, all of us are the same thing, and each of us are having a unique experience. So we can learn. I, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. So if if that is the case, then to reframe what you said, spirit isn't up there. Like spirit, we we are all the same. Spirit. Yeah. So we are we are. The, and if we learn to tap into that and listen to it, we would be in such a yeah. better place. I want to. Um, this is tied in to this. Uh, something that I've started practicing with this idea that we are all one. Um, going back to you and sending your students out into the street to connect with um, homeless people. I've started to imagine myself as I am, I am that man. I am that woman sitting on the corner and with her guitar case and her copper pan for donations. I am the man who's walking on the street talking to himself or, or maybe his higher self. And in doing this exercise, I feel tremendous compassion for these individuals as whereas before I would, I would cross the street and walk, you know, try to avoid them. And now I'm, I'm imagining myself that I am them. I am, I am you, I am that. And it just puts you in a different place of connecting with, with who you are. And I believe it, it makes you, helps you really feel the compassion that we need to feel in this world it's an interesting exercise try it i i, I learned that from my dog <laughs> from your dog okay uh, my, my my dog doesn't have have judgment i i'll mm. share the story another time where i learned from my dog um it was when i was walking her and i heard uh, off on the side it's like that that's a, that's a beautiful dog. And I looked over and it was uh, a homeless person. And my dog's sitting there looking at the pigeons and sniffing around. And then uh, she trotted over there. And I remember when I told the story the first time, I said, yeah, and I let her engage. Mm. And I'm going, I let her engage. Huh. Why, why didn't I not say that about the guy with the suit or the pretty lady why did i choose to say i let her engage with the homeless person hmm. she didn't choose she, she engages with everybody <laughs> right and then i picked up on my own uh, judgment and conditioning uh, on that it's like yeah why why did i say that it's okay to engage with these people but not these people mm -hmm. and i really had to sit with that one and so now when we go for a walk and she's looking at someone, then I'll stop and I'll look at them like, well, what do you see that I can, okay, let's go look at that person. <laughs> I try to figure it out. Yeah. And I realize that when I walk with her, if we just take a moment to just be in the space that we're walking in, 
there's so much happening and not happening. When I say not happening, I mean, so many people that are disconnected. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a person you know, on, the, on their device crossing the street or listening to their music and there's cars going by. It's like, you are just so, I call it siloed. Your own, yeah. own little silo. You're totally oblivious to anything that's going on. And that's that social disconnection that I'm talking about. Or people, or I watch people rush. Like, what are you rushing off to? Why, why are you in such a hurry? Um, or listen to, just happen to listen to a conversation. I go, that's not really a conversation. That's uh, it's like verbal ping pong going over, mm. <laughs> over there. And looking at the space I'm in as a whole, I'm wondering what I can do to, to shift this. Not to change it, you know, just to shift it. It's not to go in there and say, yeah, and, and interrupt people in their conversations. Hey, you know, you should guys do this. Like, you know, like what, what could I do to shift this? What could I do to improve connection? And then the realization was I have to create the spaces to mm. introduce and have people practice. I didn't say teach. <laughs> practice. Practice. And hence, Voice Story was born. Awesome. You are somebody who I believe is operating from your highest self. And you are a leader who wants to make a difference in the world, that you want to have impact. And I am really honored to know you and to have this time with you today, Winston. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your story with us today and, and um, giving me some more ways to look at things and, and think about things. So thank you so much. So I am so grateful for you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. And as I said, there's, there, there's a lot. And uh, I'm sure we covered a whole gamut of topics. And if you're, you're, your listeners have any questions, uh, feel free to email or reach out to me at winston at voicestory.ca. I'd be happy to engage and answer uh, any thoughts or comments or, or questions or just want to connect and experience what, what can come out of that. Because as I said, in order to, in order to create the change, we have to be, we have to initiate it ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. And when we come together part, so one of the reasons why I really wanted to start this podcast was to heighten the collective consciousness. And it's through conversations like this. It's through connecting with other people that want something more for our, our world and want to come from a place of their highest self. And when we connect with others that are doing that, we, we are, we're stronger together. We're simply stronger together and we make a bigger impact. So if anything that was said today in this show uh, resonates with you, please do reach out to Winston or myself. Uh, we will put Winston's contact information in the story notes. So yeah, please do even just reach out and say hello. And if you liked this, um, this show, please, um, please leave a re review for us. It all helps. All right. And I think with that, Winston... We'll sign off. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated with you, please visise our website at joyfulinspiredliving.com. 
Sign up to receive a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom and become a member of the Joyful Inspired Living community. For a deeper spiritual dive, check out our retreats. We offer both in-person retreats on beautiful Bowen Island in British Columbia, as well as online retreats that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And finally, if you liked our show, please leave a review so more people can find it and learn how to access their highest self. And together, we'll raise the collective consciousness.